The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Okay, and Pastor Art's going to preach about that and what happens after Jesus rose. And then we're actually, after this week, we're going to go into uh, a whole kind of series on that as well. So uh, get ready to put your buckle on and come on up, Pastor Art. And let's give him a hand. It's going to be a great word. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor Andy. It's always a pleasure to share the word with you all, especially uh, here at the beat. Part of the family. Amen. Hallelujah. Trying to figure this thing out. There it is. Well, praise the Lord. We welcome you to the beat here. There's some things that we always, how many of you came excited to hear about God? Come expecting what's next? What you we had the resurrection, we had a great time. We got together. Some of us, how many of you had Easter egg hunts? Anybody hunt some eggs? Some of us had Easter egg wars. And and we had a good time. And I see people coming together, family, we get excited. Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday. But there, you know, one of the biggest attendance on Sunday. How many of you know there's two, two days in Sundays that are the biggest attendance? Easter and Christmas. A lot of times they come because they want to Easter, the, we want to celebrate the resurrection of Christ, give him respect, honor what he's done for us, and thank him for, for, our, for our salvation. And so we, we celebrate that. It's a big attendance. And, and the biggest attendance here, you know, sometimes I think about the biggest attendance uh, in the world there is probably, what, the Super Bowl? Those stadiums get full on Super Bowl Sunday. But on Easter Sunday, I call it the Super Bowl of Souls. Amen? Amen. It's the Super Bowl of Souls because we want to see people get saved. We want to see people uh, really be touched in what we celebrate about but uh, just like to thank the Lord. He's just, he's just a good God. He's just a life-changing, give all honor and glory to the Lord. Right, babe? Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> There's one thing I'd like to do with you guys this morning. Uh, I want you to uh, repeat after me because we're coming, we're coming into uh, worshiping God and thanking him. And, and we're stepping into his spirit realm and we're, touch, and we're touching God today. And he's not dead. He's what? He's what? So say this after me. I'm anointed. I'm appointed. I'm approved. I'm equipped. I've been chosen. Set apart. Destined to live in victory. That's our destiny. As you're a believer, man, you're a believer. I say this. I say it every day. I say it. Uh, memorize it because God's destiny for us, he says, I came to give you life and life what? Abundance. 
So your destiny as a child of God, if you're a believer, if you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, your destiny, he's adopted you, he's made you new, he's caused you and called you out of darkness and placed you into light, placed you into victory, placed you into an abundance. And so God wants to do that for us every day as we give our lives to that. He wants to do that for us. Amen? And I believe he has something in store for you today. I know uh, I was sharing with Pastor Andy last week. Family came in. I, I have some uncles from Germany. Can you believe that? Cardenas from Germany. And, and I, I got to meet him. I didn't know I had uncles. I had one uncle. Uh, and uh, I got to meet him. He called me and he, uh, he says, you want to meet your other uncles? Well, I don't have any other uncles. You're my only uncle. He goes, no, you got some uncles. I go, really? From Germany. And so they came to see me. I saw these guys. They're Hispanic, but they speak German. And it was, it was funny. And, and, and we got to meet them, and it was powerful. We got together, and we got to celebrate each other and see each uncles and, and have all the Easter family get together. And so many of us were celebrating that. How many of you got families together? Amen. And had a good time. So we celebrated Easter, but like Andy said, what's after Easter? What's after the resurrection? What happens after that? As I was reading, I want you to open your Bibles to John chapter 21, verse 3 to 6. I'm reading from New King James. And here we see Peter. Now, Peter just witnessed the resurrection. Peter witnessed Jesus dying on the cross. His disciples all watched Jesus die on the cross, and they had been living with him for three years. And all the time that they were with Jesus, he took care of them. He took care of their needs. They didn't have to worry uh, what they were going to be fed. He's always provided a place for them to sleep. There was an abundance. Every time they were there with Jesus, they never worried about working. Anybody ever worry about jobs? Anybody ever worry about your payment? Your bills need to get paid? But notice that when they were with Jesus those three years, man, they were, they were seeing God, Jesus, healing people, touching people. They were seeing, wow, Jesus, and we want to do this. And Jesus explains to them even before he left, look, the things that I do, even greater things will you do in my name. So what he's doing, he's being an example. He's teaching these disciples to walk the way he walks. Not only act the way he acts, but walk the way he walks, talk the way he talks, and do what he does. Not only just living right, but knowing that, some, that he lives inside of us, and that same power that is raising him from the dead is in us. Amen? And so here... In chapter 21, hey, we all missed the mark. Watch what Peter says. Watch this. Look at this. Verse 3. It says, Simon Peter said to them, watch this, I'm going fishing. I was thinking about that as I was meditating about that. I mean, he just witnessed Jesus, but uh, resurrect from the dead. He just saw Jesus show up speak to them and told them uh, things are, that are getting ready to happen. And it's been eight days. It's been about eight days. It's been about a week. Let's say it's been about a week for us here, maybe seven days. 
And then he says, you know what? All that excitement, Jesus isn't here. You know what? I'm going fishing. And then look at his disciples, what his disciples say. They said to him, we are going with you also. And watch this. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And watch this. And that night they caught what? What they catch? Nothing. And I was meditating upon that, and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about that, the, that they, had this, they have this encounter with God. How many of us have had an encounter with God? How many of us have, have given our lives to Jesus? Jesus spoke to us, and after the, the, the honeymoon's over, how many of you, when you got married, man, it's great, and after the honeymoon, things changed a little bit. A couple of months later, you know, when you're wanting to get married, man, my wife, when I was hunting my wife, man, I'd go call her. What do you need? What do you want? Just want to be there with her, always there. We get married. We've been married for a while. Oh, what do you need? I'm tired. We, we, we take it for granted sometimes. And I think here, Peter and and. And the disciples, it's been a week, and they're saying, man, you know what? Let's just go fishing. You know, why would they want to go fishing? Jesus just rose from the dead. It's been a week. Did everything just kind of mellow out? Did our relationship with Christ just mellow out? And I was looking at, and it says here in verse 4, but when morning had come, had now come, Jesus stood at the shore Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. So they're out there. And I was wondering, well, why would they want to go fishing? And I was meditating upon that. And before they were saved, before they were serving Jesus, before they were following Christ, what were they? They were fishermen. They were they were fishermen. That's what they did for a living. Now Jesus isn't there. Jesus left. They think, well, what are we going to do now? Well, you know what? I better go fishing. That's what I do for a living. I better get to work because if I don't work, mama ain't going to be happy. If I don't work, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. So they're thinking, listen, you know what? Let's just go fishing. Let's take care of the needs that we got. And a lot of times we come here. We get excited about Jesus, we leave, and then to some of us say, we have to go fishing. How many of you, after Sunday, have to go to work? How many of us have to go home and, and the next day get up early, go to work, and pay the bills? The gas bill still comes, the electric bill still comes. Anybody got a mortgage? Anybody still have rent to pay? Those things still come. So I'm looking at this, and, and these disciples said, well, when Jesus with us was with us, we didn't have to worry about those things. A lot of times, we try to do it on our own, and we get concerned about how we're going to pay these bills. Gas has gone up quite a bit. Even rent's gone up. Everything's going up, and we're saying, how are we going to pay these bills? And Jesus is already on shore. He's on the shore watching these guys. And look what he says. He says, then, verse 5, then Jesus said to them, 
children, have you any food? And they answered him, what did they say, yes? No. And I was looking at this, I said, Jesus is looking at there, and he's looking at the disciples. He's, he's taught them. He's saying, well, they're fishing. He didn't ask, how's your fishing gone? How's your fishing going? He didn't ask them, are you tired? You've been fishing all night? He didn't ask them, are you sleepy? Are you struggling? Are you stressed? Are your bills being paid? Look what he asked. He says, he asked them, do you have any food? And right away they said, no, we don't have any food. I said, well, they were concerned about that. Jesus was, was concerned about the food, and they said no. And, you know, Jesus is what? He's the word. And, and he was asking them, listen, do you have word? Have you forgot Jesus on your way to work when you went fishing? Did you forget to take the word with you that you're receiving? Are you receiving power when you leave from here? When you step in here, you, you step in here. Listen, when you're coming in here, you might have had a tough week this week. There might have been some challenges this week. There might have been some a relationship. Maybe you had a fight with your wife on the way to work or on the way to church. There's been some challenges. And out there, you're coming in here. Believe me, when you're coming and stepping into the church, you're stepping out of the danger zone, and you're stepping into the saved zone. When you're coming in here, you're coming in a place, not only is it a saved zone, I like to call it a healing zone, a victory zone, a spirit zone. When you're coming in here, do you really believe when you come in here, you're coming in here, and you're coming in here connecting with the Holy Spirit? You're connecting with God. You're connecting with his word. And Jesus is asking his disciples, have you any food? The Bible says man shall not live on bread alone, on food, but shall live by every word that cometh out of the mouth of God. And while they were with Jesus, while Jesus was with them, word was manifesting in their lives. The power was flowing in their life. store for us, Jesus. What concerned of what was going on? They were more concerned about what do you have in store for us, Jesus? What do you want us to do? We want to serve. Listen, they left their nets behind. They left their fishing job behind. They left everything behind. And they're following Christ. They're not concerned about their food. They're not concerned about their sin. They're in there with Christ. And they're following Jesus. And today, my question is, are you going fishing or are you receiving power? Are you just going fishing or are you receiving power? A lot of times, are we just coming to church just so that we can meet our routine? Are we just coming to church so that it makes a check in our mark that we went to church on Sunday? Are we just coming to church thinking, well, at least I did this good, I got this check mark? Or are you coming to church expecting God to see a breakthrough in your life? In other words, are you receiving the power of chains to be broken in your life? See, when they were with Jesus, they were living in the breakthrough zone. When he went around, people were getting healed. They were living in the healed zone, blessed zone, not judgment zone, 
not condemnation zone. You want to get condemnation, you want to get judgment, just go in the world. Hey, some churches do that too. But not here at the beat. You know, and, and I was thinking about the zone. You know, have you ever been in the zone? You ever been in the zone? You know, I, I watched uh, growing up, probably giving my age away, but I watched the Chicago Bulls win six super championships. Michael Jordan, they said, he's in the zone. And when he was in the zone, I remember this one game, everything he shot would go in. He could not miss. He was in the zone. He'd get up there and he'd shoot, booms, three-pointers. Three, he did like 17 three-pointers on that game without a miss. I said, man, he's in the zone. And I'm thinking about the zone. When you, go to a, when you go to a gym, a boxing gym, you get in a zone. When you get in the boxing gym, you get in a zone, you're going to box. You're going to learn how to box. Boom. I boxed three, two fights, both times knockouts. Glory to God. Both times I was knocked out. <laughs> but I still go to the gym just to pretend like I know still how to box. But you get in a zone. If you go, if you go into H-E-B, you get in a zone. You go to H-E-B, you get in your grocery zone. You get in the meat zone. You get in the zone that you got to get to stuff. You get focused. That's what the zone means. If you go to a football game, you get in a zone. You're focusing on the football game. My wife knows if the Dallas Cowboys are playing... Don't talk to me. I'm in a zone. She can. What? What'd you say? I didn't hear you. We get in our zones. If we like sports, if we like hobbies, if we go in, we have a zone. And we're, we're, we're talking about a Wimberly uh, zone today. When you go, women, when you go to a retail shop, you get in a zone. You get in a shopping zone. And you're looking the best price. Man, my wife, she goes to two or three stores before she buys it. She wants to make sure it's the best price. And if it doesn't, she'll take it back. Come back and get the right one. Right, babe? I know. So we get in a zone. I was thinking about that. Same way we get in a zone. When we come to church, we should get in a zone. No distractions. Oh, I got to go out. I got to. We should get in the zone. What's God going to say to me today? I didn't come here just to pastor speak. I didn't just come here and just to church, just to come to church. I believe that God is going to speak to me today. I'm coming in. I'm getting in the zone. I don't know about you. I came to praise the Lord. I came when I come. I might not sound that good. I might not sing good, but I know I sing good solo. So low you can't hear me. I sing and worship the king because what he's done for me. You might not like my singing. Don't sit up next to me. But I am singing to the one who rose from the dead. I'm singing to the one 
who said, I love you, and I'm not going to give up on you, and you're going to be victorious. Regardless, in spite of yourself, I'm going to make you successful. I'm going to make you a champion. I said, thank you. And I just can't, I can't stop. When I'm here, I don't need somebody to get me ready to praise. I know when I come here, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm stepping out of the danger zone, and I'm stepping into the spirit zone. I'm stepping in this place. I said one here, if you go into a dealership, you get in the auto zone. That's a joke. You get in the auto zone, get it? Okay. But you get in the zone. And as believers, when we get in the word, we should get in the zone. When we get in our prayer, let's get in this zone, this supernatural zone. Listen, you're you're connecting with God. God lives in you. I believe he rose from the dead. Either you believe this or you don't believe it. Why are you here? Do you really believe that Jesus is real, that he lives in you, that he rose from the dead, and that he can do power? He has power to help you break addictions. He has power to set you free from some bad habits. See, here at the beat, I was thinking about this, Andy. The beat, we get in the beating the devil zone. You come to the beat, we're going to beat the devil. He goes under our feet. Two toes under our feet. In other words, you come to the beat, we're going to teach you how to beat sickness. We're going to, we're going to, we're beating sick, we're, be, we're going to the beating sickness zone. Beating lack zone. Anybody like lack around here? No. I didn't like lack. I was raised with lack. Poverty, my brother always said, we're so poor, he didn't know he was poor. But we, we, when we got to church and they got saved and we began to live for God and we began to know how to, how to live victorious, how to live blessed, why we give, why we give our tithes and why we do this. It's not because of the church. Oh, what's pastor doing with the money? Who cares? You're not giving it to him. You're giving it to him. What he does with it, hey, that's between you and the Lord. And I know he's doing some great things with it, Pastor. So we're getting in a zone. Beating the beat. Some of us need to learn how to beat addiction. We got L3. Beating addiction zone. Beating depression. Some of us just need to know. How to love ourselves. Stop beating yourself up. Stop thinking you're no good. You're not good enough. You are. Stop beating yourself up. And learn to beat the devil up. Beating zone. I was looking at that. So, we got to learn when we come to church. He rose from, when you hear the word, 
you're getting food. You're getting manna. You're getting word, word into your heart. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the sword, the soul and the spirit, and knowing the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God is quick and it's powerful and it has, it has power to change your life. Jesus said, do you have any food? Listen, he's preparing some food for you. He was on shore. Guess what he was doing on shore with the, well, the disciples all night long trying to catch some fish, working, trying to make ends meet, trying to pay their bills. Anybody ever working, trying to pay the, their bills, make ends meet? Things are happening. Oh, on the way to work, got a flat tire on the way to work. Huh. How do you handle that? Didn't you hear the word of God? He said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temp temptation trials. Well, how do you do that, Pastor? Listen, you have to learn that the word of God is power. When you receive the word, when you get a word, you say, that word's for me. When, you, when God touches your heart and gets that word in you, you say, oh, do it. When you get that word, it's called revelation. Read the word. We all know the word. And the word is, is here. But as you begin to read the word, it becomes not only logos that you know it. It becomes rhema. That when it becomes rhema, you begin to do it. Like when I first started coming to church, they started telling me that you have to tithe. Tithe? What's that? Well, whatever you get, you got to give 10% to the church. God, is that for real? And I knew it. It was the word. The word said it. And I said, Lord, if the word says it, then I got to do it. And I started, okay, well, it seems like the start of tithing, and then it got worse. Does that ever happen to you there, Mr. Kyle? And you say, well, wait a minute. What's going on, Lord? And I was like, Lord, I'm, what is it? I said, I believe it. I struggled with it, but I began to believe it. It no longer was I have to. It was no longer that, well, it's, you're supposed to. It was like, Lord, I'm going to live supernaturally. I'm getting out of the danger zone, and I'm stepping over the spirit zone. I began to do this, and man, I'm telling you, the word works. Supernatural things begin to happen. Things just, it, just overflowing in abundance, right, babe? Constant, right, Andy? Constant. But you begin to do it because the word works. So Jesus says he wasn't concerned. I know you had a hard day out there fishing. Don't you think Jesus knows that? Don't you think God knows what you're going through? What you've been going through this past couple of weeks? The gas has gone up. Everything's going up. And, and he didn't ask you, hey, how's your week going? Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, if I ask somebody how you, oh, you're going to let me have it. Well, let me tell you about my week. Oh, my God, you wouldn't believe this happened and this happened. And I fell on a motorcycle. I got this. I got that, 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 that. But you're still here. You're still here. You still show up. Even if you had a bad day. How many of you, when you have a bad day at work, don't go to work the next day? Anybody? A few? 
No, you have a bad day at work, you're going to go suck it up, and you're going to go to work again. You may not talk to your boss for that day, but you're at work. Because you know you got to get paid. Same thing in Christ. Same thing in the word. You just got to show up, show up, let him show out. Because he's going to do it. God is not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he will do it. And if he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. God's not a liar. I've seen him do it. They said no. And then watch this. Jesus is getting ready to give him a word. Watch this. Right after five, he says, children. He didn't say, how was your fishing? How was your day? He said, do you have any food? No. We forgot our bread. We just went and got on the boat. We just wanted to get, we just got in our flesh. We just wanted to have fun. I'm going fishing. I'm going working. But watch this. And, and this is what I love about the Lord. He didn't get mad with them. I would have been, hey, what are you doing fishing? I thought I was just here with you guys, and I was showing you, and you were supposed to do this. I thought you were going to go share the gospel and tell them about my resurrection, and you're out there fishing, and you forgot your food. That's what I would have said. But Jesus didn't say that, guys. Jesus loves us. Look what he says. And he's getting ready to give him some food. He's getting ready to give him not just a, a, a logos word. He's giving them a rhema word. Watch what he said. And Jesus said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. And you will. He didn't say Maybe. Hopefully, he said, you will find what? Some food. You will find some fish. And see, when God gives you a word, when you know that that word was for you and you hit, it hits your heart. It's no longer just a logos word. It's a rhema word. The moment they heard that, they said, look what they did. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of what? When they heard the word, they could have said, man, Jesus, we've been fishing all night. I'm tired. Lord, I've been coming to church every Sunday for a whole month. I'm tired. Lord, I've been doing, I've been giving, I've been helping, I've been serving. Lord, I'm tired. But when they heard the word, it says here, they just said, hey, I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I might be sleepy. I want to give up. I want to throw in the towel. But you know what? Peter said, where do we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the power. And if you said it, I'm going to do it. And it says they cast and they were not able to draw in a multitude of fish. They got their breakthrough. They got their victory. Are you moving out 
of the danger zone into the saved zone, spirit zone. Look, let's go to Luke chapter 24. I want to get to two more scriptures. We'll close. Verse 46. And he said to them, Jesus, it is written, and thus it was necessary, that word necessary, in other words, it was essential, it was necessary, it was needed, that word necessary, it could be required, it was required for the Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead the third day, and the repentance and remission of sins should be what? Preach. This is essential. Everything that he did was essential. Everything that Christ is, this is why we're here. We celebrated Easter Sunday to honor him and say, Lord, you gave your all. I'm giving my all. Some of us just say, listen, Lord, I've been slacking. I haven't been serving. Some of us say, I haven't been doing the word. But, Lord, this is just to remind me that you still love me. And if you give me a word, I'm going to do it. And he says it was essential. That he did so that what? Repentance and remission of sins could be preached in his name to all or only just to us. All. There's still a lot of lost souls out there. Because I see a lot of seats empty. There's still souls missing. What if we all invited one person? Just one person to church on Sunday? Just keep inviting them. I invited my mom for three years to come to church. And I invited her, especially on Mother's Day. Kept inviting, Mom, you need to come to church. Come to church with me, Mom. No, mijo, I don't go to that church. I'm Catolica. But, Mom, we're all Catholic. Does Catholic believe in Jesus? Yes. Well, so do I. Yeah, but I can't go over there. Why? They'll get mad at me. Who's going to get mad? And for three years, I invited her to come to church. And I'll never forget, on Mother's Day, she came to church, and she gave her life to Jesus. Hey, when she got saved, she was on the first row right there. She's on the first row. She's the first one here, the first one to stand up, and the first one praising God. Couldn't get her. I couldn't get rid of her. Here all the time. God touched her, changed her life, and she she was receiving power. She wasn't just going to fishing. She was receiving power every time she came. Power to change. Power to walk in victory. Power to move in his grace. Because listen, we're not perfect. But he is. And he's giving you power to walk in it. And then it says here, watch this, repent. And he says, 48, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you to tarry. That word tarry means to linger in expectation. When you come, linger. Just wait. Expect something. I'm waiting. How many of you linger? For IRS return, if you're getting something, 
Now, if you're not getting anything, you don't linger. But if you're getting some money back or you're getting a refund, you're waiting. Every, let's say they, they, they send it on Monday and Saturday. You look in the mailbox on Monday. Let me see. Okay, come on Saturday. Come on Saturday. It's coming. And that's the way as a believer, linger with expectation. What you've been praying for, what you've been believing for, keep waiting. It's happening. God is never late. He's always on time. Never late. And he says, in the city of Jerusalem, until you are, watch this, endued. That means clothed or put on. Wait, expect it, until you are endued or clothed with what? Power. Until you are clothed with power from on high. When you have that power, you walk with that confidence. Man, Pastor Andy has people giving testimony sometimes here before we start service just to encourage you. The power works. Somebody got a sofa, brand new sofa for free. And they went and paid for one and then they said, no, 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 take it back. You got something for free. And even better than the one they were wanting to. Man, I remember those. It encouraged me. Well, if he did it for her, he can do it for me. Because God is no respecter of person. He doesn't like you more than he likes me. Well, maybe he likes me more. No, he likes us all. God is no respecter of persons. He loves us. Whatever you're believing for, he loves you. Linger with expectation. Okay, here's another scripture. Psalms 68, 35 and Psalms 63, 1 and 2. You guys read those. And I'm going to close with Acts chapter 1-8. It says, in the book of Acts, that's where the church started. You can read the Gospels where Jesus was, but in the book of Acts, that's where the church started. This is where everything all started. It traces all the way up to here. And, and this is, God gave Jesus power. Jesus turned around and took the power and rose from the dead. And then he says, listen, now I'm giving you power. I want you to walk in the same power I walked here on earth. I want you to learn how to walk in that same power. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, but you, everybody say me, shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Well, you're not in Jerusalem, but this is your Jerusalem. Your home is your Jerusalem. You receive power in your home. You begin to share around your surroundings, your home. You share with your wife. Share with your daughters. Share with your son, your grandsons. And then it says Judea. That's your backyard. Samaria, your front yard. And then the other most parts of the world. In other words, start sharing with your neighbors. Start sharing with those behind you and then in front of you. And then if you can start doing that, then you have power to be witnesses to share everywhere you go. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Pastor.
take the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.